Good morning, planet Earth. It's about 4.43 a.m. Mountain Standard Time here in the great state of Utah. But if you're listening on shortwave radio, 5850 kilohertz, that's WRMI out of Miami Okeechobee from the swamp, from the swamp, from the swamp, it shall arise, don't you know? That's what the ancient soothsayers say. From the Okeechobee swamp, a monster shall arise from deep inside the Okeechobee. That's right, I'm back on uh, WRMI for a while. I don't know for how long. Um, you know, it's it's a function of money. I have some money right now, so that's part of it. I've got to pay for the time. That's just the reality of it. I don't have a sponsor with super deep pockets that says, Dan, you've got to be on the radio. If you're not on the radio, something's wrong. No, no such person exists, and that's okay. Um... I've come to understand the situation that we're all in, and it is what it is. The notes for this broadcast podcast will be available at planetarystatusreport.com slash WRMI. That's planetarystatusreport.com slash WRMI. So if you are listening, but you also have a, a mobile device with an internet thingy, and you can get to your computer, you just go to planetarystatusreport.com slash WRMI, and you can get the notes for this podcast. Um, the dates of broadcast will be listed with the links to the notes, and this is also my blog, planetarystatusreport.com, and Pretty much all, yeah, all the podcasts are available as MP3 for download if you want to listen to them. So if you're out there on the radio, it is Friday morning as of the time of recording. But if you're out there listening, it's really Friday night. It's exciting. You're out on the town. You're ready to go dance with your sexy, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever. You know, I mean, if you're listening on the radio... It's in the future, that somewhere in the future, where people live like kings. If you're listening on the radio, it is Friday night. Not Friday morning, it's Friday night and it's exciting and it's an unbelievably whatever but remember this is also radio and before i continue uh my contact email is daniel sullivan at planetarystatusreport.com if you send me an angry email you may or may not get a response if you send me an email about your opinion and you disagree with me you you might very well get a response as long as you're not like super angry and threatening my life or the lives of people I care about. I, I just got to get that out of the way. Because we are definitely in the great discontinuity. The thing I talked about in 2019, the thing that I said I was so ready for, and man, was I full of you-know-what. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, the thing I thought I was ready for. Um, and it's here, and we're in it. We're in a period of time where history is unstuck. 
And for some people, that's scary because if you're in a position of power at this point in history, you're about to lose your power. It's not good or bad. If you want to get really ethical or scientifical about it, you can say, well, it is what it is. I'm a Christian. So if you ask me, what is the meaning of one earthly power giving way to another? And I'll tell you, the meaning is absolutely nothing. Read the book of Ecclesiastes. Every answer to earthly crap is in there. Every answer. Every question you have, don't just read the folk song parts, just don't read the parts that they read at weddings and funerals. I mean the whole book of Ecclesiastes. And if you read it, then you'll understand the situation. And it could just be one and several current powers basically losing power and other people getting some power back. I, I hope, I hope that if that's what's going on, that ordinary American people kind of understand that, yeah, it's scary to lose all those gimmies and giveaways and freebies, but it'd be better to have freedom over freebies. You know what I mean? Wouldn't it be nice to have a free country again? Anywho, before I go too deep into the, the dark caverns of my mind, we have to talk about appropriate, 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 appropriate radio behavior. The kind of behavior that they want. Don't get people too excited. They might jizz themselves. So there are these seven bad words, right? And I'm not supposed to say them, although I know I, I screw this up all the time. But there's these seven bad words, and I'm going to go through the list without actually saying them. I'm going to say a word that rhymes or is pretty close. Like the first word is hit. You can't say the word hit. I mean, of course, you can say the word hit, but the thing that rhymes with hit and has an S in front of hit, you can't say it with the S in front of, in front of hit. Because then all of a sudden, it means excrement or crap or poop. And I can say poop, but I can't say hit. So if you put an S in front of hit, just say poop, okay? I can't say is, okay? I can say urine. I can say other kinds of things, but I can't say is. If you put a P in front of is, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Alert. They're coming for you. And your cat. You and your cat, baby. They're coming for both of you. If you say that is with a P in front. Now there is another word of the seven bad words that the Federal Communications you know, committee or organization or whatever. I don't even care enough to know what FCC stands for. The, the Communications Commission sounds like a grift. Sounds like a way to give insiders, like I said, freebies and gimmies, and that time's coming to an end. But for right now, that Federal Communications Commission also tells you certain words are off limits. And number three is yuck. Uck. Yuck. Mr. Yuck. It's not actually yuck. You can say yuck. Yucky, yucky, yucky. You can say yuck. But there's another word where if you replace the Y 
with an F. You can't say that. You can say sex, that's okay, and you can say holy, holy bejeebuses, probably, but this particular word that means both sex and what the heck is going on here, you can't say it. You can say yuck, yuck's okay, but don't replace the Y with an F, mother friend. can't say it. You can imagine it in your head. You can think about doing it to somebody. But don't you dare say that word on the radio. Um, there's another word you cannot say. It's hunt. Hunt. You know, of course it's not hunt. You can say hunt on the radio, but if you replace the H with a C, you can't say that word. And of course, you know, one could say it means, you know, female anatomy, right? Sexual anatomy. And that's a lot of words, whereas hunt is easy to say. You can say it really fast. Hunt can also mean kind of a, you know, not so pleasant woman. Okay, you know, because remember, we've got our own word, which is not on the list, interestingly enough, called dick. Don't be a dick. Well, that's also a reference to your sexual junk. And you can say junk, and you can say yuck, but don't replace the Y with an F, okay? But when it comes to the word hunt, you, can, you, can, you can't replace the H with a C. It means kind of a miserable woman. It means also a part of the female anatomy, but derogatory and maybe even objectifying. I mean, I don't really care. If you're a, a lit-clit um, analyst out there, a product of one of the great universities, and you deconstruct this all day long, that's up to you, man or woman or je. I don't care. I don't care. At this point in human history, most people should be looking at the bottom half of Maslow's hierarchy. Most of us should have the common sense to be thinking about food, water, shelter, because pretty soon those things will be a premium. And if you think your government is going to warn you before things really go sideways, you are crazy. Mother friend. Mother buddy. Mother sucker. I can say sucker, I, and I can say suck, right? Because suck means different things. But you don't replace the S with an F. And you can't take the word hunt and replace the H with a C. Now, I can say jock and sucker. Like jock, as in athletic dude, you're a jock, J-O-C-K. And I can say sucker. I can say jock sucker. That's okay. But you can't replace the J with a C. If you do that, then it's also kind of a reference to a, a kind of sexual, um, how can I say this, position, uh, fetish, uh, kind of a maneuver, a form of gratification. It's a reference to you know, somebody, male or female, wrapping their lips around the male anatomy to achieve arousal and total satisfaction with full release. And and you, you and that refers to the person, the jock, 
sucker. But you can't replace the J with a C. If you replace the J with a C, the FCC is going to pay you a call. And I got to tell you, they're a bunch of jock suckers. They're hunts. You know, they suck. Um... <laughs> now, you can say the word mother. And you can say the word sucker. And you could just say mother sucker if you wanted to, just like you can say jock sucker. It's okay to say jock sucker. It's okay to say mother sucker. But when you're saying mother sucker, never replace the S with an F. If you do, the FCC will pay you a visit, and that's a problem. And last but not least, there's a word, and we'll just call it bits, the dirty bits. Of course, you can say bits on the radio, B-I-T-S, but if you replace the first B, the, the B, with a T, which means, you know, it goes from one to the other, if you take the word bits and replace the B with a T, you can't say that on the radio. It, re it refers to a woman's breasts, you know, their boobies. You can say boobies. I don't think that's a problem. You can say jugs because jugs are a thing. Because boobies, are, I think, are a kind of bird, and a jug is something you can sip a fine, fine beer out of. Or, or whiskey. You can say those things, and you can say bits, but you can't replace the B with a T. If you do that, the FCC will come and, and you know, mess up your bits, your tender bits. But you can say boobies. And you can say jugs. You can say jugs. You can say mother sucker. You can say jock sucker. You can say hunt if you want to. Like you're going on a hunt, right? But you can't say the other version. And what really makes this absurd is that if you listen to my podcast, and many of you have, I tend to just make up words for things. But I try to like use intonation and different types of alterate alterations of speech to make the point that these things, you know, mean something else. Like, boovulate. Boovulate. What does boovulate mean? Well, boovulate is where the man and the woman go to a restaurant and they order drinks, but underneath the table, they're undressing each other with each other's feet. The feet are pulling off the underwear, you know, and whatnot. And the man and the woman, they boovulate underneath the table by caressing the dinctus and by manipulating the drungo. And if you manipulate the drungo long enough, you achieve total sexual satisfaction. You do. You always do. Yes, boovulate. Now, I don't know if that's going to get me in trouble. If you've read any of the FCC documents, they reserve the right to be vague. They have things like, well, we're going to let the community figure out what obscenity is at any time. Maybe boovulate is.
Of course, there's scrunctus, and scrunctus is a dried material that collects around your, your well, your mabellum, or also known as the, as the nadelix. But scrunctus is a dry material. It collects around your irritations to your, your anal zone and to your mabella area. And many people will scrape the scrunctus and turn it into a powder and sniff it while they bouvulate. And this is just a common thing that happens all the time in New York City. There is divulia. Divulia refers to a man or a woman that is willing to take a potato and shove it up their dringo area. There is tridesto, and this is when three people, doesn't matter their gender really, three people tie themselves together into a glevis. They cover each other in vegetable oil. They undulate and imbrugulate, and often they do also buvulate when they tridesto. And this is really bad, but the FCC hasn't decided yet. There is Nestorian Pinktersplink, and a lot of folks are very confused about what Nestorian Pinktersplink is. It's, it's a kind of oil or grease or gelatin that you purchase from somebody in Czechoslovakia, and they send it to you in a jar. It smells quite terrible. You take that pinkter splink, you rub it on your jinctus, you watch dirty movies with Ava Adams. You know she's rubbing her boobies. And this makes you excited and you achieve total, complete satisfaction. And isn't that great? There is Sorgotrog. Sorgotrog is the name of a belly freak or an add-in or a jingo slave. Sorgotrog is what you call the man or the woman that stands in the corner as you and your significant other, other bouvulate. The Sorgotrog will step in with a bucket of butter mixed with broken glass and diesel fuel. And she or he will rub this across you as you bouvulate and you do tridesto. And, you know, it's also mixed with some pinkter splink. But the sorgotrog is in charge of all this. It's a responsibility. They have but one job. Keeping the sex extra greasy. Now, the FCC has not told me yet if sorgotrog is bad. But it sounds bad to me, doesn't it? does, doesn't it, brothers and sisters? A sideways Sally missed party, a sideways Sally missed party, also called an SSMP, is a kind of lesbian gathering where the lesbians, and this usually involves a hot tub, they, they take off all their clothes, they go into the hot tub, 
and then they basically spray a kind of cocaine mist over themselves as they, you know, bouvulate. And they bouvulate all night long as the cocaine mystifier gives them more cocaine and they can't stop and they're just so driven by their passion. It's unbelievable. But the FCC still doesn't know. There's Jurgen. <laughs> There's Jurgen. Jurgen is what we call the Flevix or the Sprunctolite that gets left over after you usually bouvulate or, you know, have intimate relations. The Jurgen gets dried out and turns yellow and you say to yourself, well, I haven't seen, I haven't seen my man in two months, but I'm not going to clean that sheet because, you know, having that Jurgen there makes me feel better that he's, he's away. A little bit of Jurgen dried out on the sheet. You, you, you can say Jurgen for now. It's okay. You can. I'm not really sure when that's going to change because the FCC will let you know. There is Bo Blimp Talk. We all know what Bo Blimp Talk is. Take B.O., take a blimp, take a talk. Bo Blimp Talk. It is the time of scleaving. It is the time of upheaval. It is the time that history gets unstuck and a lot of other people get really confused. It is Bo Blimp Talk, and it's another name for the great discontinuity. For right now, I don't really know if the FCC likes the word Bo Blimp Talk, but I'm telling you, I like it. It tells me exactly where I am. When I see somebody wearing two or three coffee filters, I say Bo Blimp Talk. When I, say, when I see a sign that tells me that we're all going to die of monkey herpes or monkey pox or monkey crabs, I say Bo Blimp Talk. When I hear people talking about the war in the Ukraine as if they even have knowledge of any of it, as if they can even know it's real, I say to myself, Bo Blimtok. When I hear about Pelosi flying to Taiwan because I don't know why and neither do you, I say to myself, Bo Blimtok. But so far the FCC hasn't told me I have to stop, so, you know, I feel like a mother sucker. There is Grinken, and Grinken is a part of town you don't want to go to. Grinken is where there's the hookers and the cocaine. It's where most of the people bouvulate. Grinken is where you'll find all kinds of jurgen dried out on the subway walls along with blood and other types of crapola. Grinken is a dangerous place. And the reason why is because a lot of people sclizzerate there. And sclizzeration in the Grinken part of town is about the greasiest thing you can do. You know, it's worse than taking a potato and shoving it up your bump this hole. It's way worse than that. To sclizzerate in the Grinken part of town means to take different types of barbed wire and rebar and concrete and broken glass and diesel fuel and, you know, get drunk off of vodka and take all that and pound it into a dust and then pack it way up your bunctus hole. And once it's fully packed, you take firecrackers and you light them off in your bunctus hole. And that's what it means to sclizzerate. And so far, 
the FCC hasn't told me whether sclizzerating and grinking is okay or not okay. It doesn't sound good to me, but you know what? You can say it. You can say sclizzerate. Anulibitis. Anulibitis is, is a derogatory term for different types of monkey pox and monkey herpes. Of course, these things don't actually exist, but neither does anulibitis. Anulibitis is a term for different types of gringo and crabs and, you know, you know, butt salmonella and other types of just things people get because they put the wrong bits in the wrong hole. And it's okay if you get a nulobitis. You know, you can get a shot for that. You can get a little bit of penicillin. You'll be back on the streets hooking tomorrow, baby. But I'm not sure if the FCC is going to tell us if a nulobitis is okay. I don't know. Test Rock Pony. Test Rock Pony. Test rock pony is, is a kind of sexual position. A test rock pony is a weird sexual position involving the wheelbarrow, the wheel the wheelbarrow barrel, the um, the drunkest maneuver and bouvulation. Test rock pony is hard and painful and pleasurable and usually results in some type of bruising. And the FCC hasn't told me if it's okay or not. The FCC is really tight-lipped on it. I don't know. So that's our little conversation about what we can and cannot say. And, um, yeah, I have a link in the notes to this article off of Zero Hedge about the government, the Biden administration... Um, health and Human Services declaring a monkeypox emergency. And I would love to just smile and laugh about it. I would. I would really like at this point in 2022 of Bob given all the sclizzeration and all the other types of test rock pony stuff going on, I would really, really love to be able to sit back and bouvulate and not care about it. But the reality is, and I've said this so many times, but I really wish people would understand. If you get on to the public transportation and you see somebody wearing a t-shirt that you know basically says, I believe in Bigfoot or aliens are real, the, the reality is most people do not commit suicide because they see people wearing t-shirts about Bigfoot or aliens. But when you get on to public transportation, and you might already be severely depressed and kind of suicidal. And you get on it and you see people wearing coffee filters. Everybody's wearing a coffee filter. And because the coffee filter makes you uncomfortable, because you cannot breathe in it, they look at you like you're some type of terrible, terrible person, right? A mother sucker, right? Um, people do kill themselves because of that. They do. People do get driven to the point of suicidal madness because of a lot of dystopian crap. And the fact is, I have zero um, personal evidence that either the COVID or the vaccine injuries or any of the other fear-mongering is real. And when I was living in Seattle, and I don't live there any longer, but when I was living in Seattle during the heart of the COVID race war, I had plenty of video I took, and it's still on my website, plenty of video of, of a lot of just the made-up stuff 
the made-up BLM Antifa stuff. The Seattle police officers basically dressed up as Antifa, but you can see the Glock sticking out of the back. The, the bicycle cops, you know, making sure that the communists were shepherded up and down 12th Avenue, a street that bisects every major access to every major hospital in Seattle, which means if the COVID was real, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling that the city of Seattle um, allowed traffic jams during the great COVID pandemic in the summer of 2020. The, the fact is it, it wasn't real. Neither was the BLM Antifa, neither was Chapchosia. The reporting you received, especially from dudes like Ian Miles Wrong and Andy No Clue, was mostly a lot of propaganda, a lot of lies. And, and maybe these guys were dupes, I don't know. When you saw the, the rubber cone BS up close, it'd be hard to believe that any of it was real. And how could you believe it's real? It looked like a choreographed dance scene. The Seattle cops and these bogus communists dancing back and forth, you know, using rubber cones as markers. Yeah. So, so anyways, I don't want to spend a lot of time on monkeypox because I don't believe it's real. And if it does turn out to be real, if it, if it is one of these bioweapons they decided to release, it still, in a certain sense, is not just some random event. It's some deliberate thing being done. I don't, I don't see a bunch of coincidences since 2019 when it comes to our government and how it's behaving. I don't see that. I, I see a lot more of, yeah, this looks like some type of PSYOP. And then, the, and then you have to ask the question, why would the United States government conduct military psychological warfare against its own people for more than two years? Why would they do that? I mean, that's a good question. I don't, no one I've come across in the alternative media world has a good answer to that question. Why? Why would they do that? Why would they, the United States government, push the American people to the point of madness? Maybe they're trying to do a controlled collapse type, you know, situation. Maybe they're driving people to the point of civil war. But what I really see are a lot of immobilized, stressed out, adrenal fatigue victims. I don't see people ready to, ready to go all galt or all red dawn. I see people kind of wasting away. So why would you do this? You know, why would they do this? This is the question that's kept me up at night for almost two years. Why? Because if this had ended, you know, 18 months ago, we could have easily written it off as the next great robbery after 2008. You know, the next great period where the central banks and their friends stole all your money. That's still pretty bad, but that's not the end of the world. And if it had ended six months ago, I might have said, okay, they're just managing the collapse of the U.S. dollar. But now it looks like something uglier. And I don't see the reset. The reset to me seems like a psyop too. You know, and it, it also seems like psychological warfare. And, it's, and maybe directed at more than one group, you know. There are groups of people that kind of need to stay at the job into the, until the brutal, bitter end. And to keep some of those people at their job, you have to convince them that there's this magical world coming, the reset world, where certain people will get the better stuff and you'll be one of those special people. So stay at your job. Then you'll get your condo in Switzerland. I think a lot of governors and a lot of mayors and a lot of people... Um, who are involved in local government 
are going to have to pretty soon make a choice. Do they want to follow the U.S. federal government down the hole, or do they want a chance at survival? Because the longer they support this bogus health emergency crap, the more likely it is they're going to end up not surviving what's coming. They won't. They will be left behind. They will be, in that Kirk Cameron sense, left behind. And in their cases, they're going to end up like Ceausescu. You know, they're going to end up like Mussolini. They're going to end up hung up upside down at a gas station. You know, and that's what's going to happen. So I think a lot of these local governments are going to start making different choices. And I hope they do. I hope they stop this madness because, like I said, unlike, you know, Bigfoot is real and aliens are here, um, this COVID stuff has driven people to the point of destruction. The virus itself is not real, so it's not harmed anybody. But the way in which that fear has been used has harmed millions of people. It's driven millions of people to drug, drug overdoses, to not treating their health conditions, to, to outright suicides and hopelessness. We don't have any idea how much domestic violence occurred in, under the cover of COVID in 2020. We don't have any idea how many children were easily abused by predators because of the monkey herpes, monkey pox, COVID coffee filter cult. You can't see their faces. They're not really able to scream. And basically, there's no way for them to tell an adult nearby, I'm in trouble, because maybe especially the adult nearby is more worried about something that doesn't exist. We don't know. And, and there'll probably never be a tally of how many small businesses and how much of people's lives was completely nuked because of a lie. And a day's coming, and it's a day of reckoning, where if you had anything to do with making that happen, you are in a lot of trouble. So yeah, I think pretty soon a lot of local governments are going to start saying, you know what, we're kind of just tired of the coffee filter, we don't really know what happened, you can take your fear and you can go. Next topic, right? So there is a WNBA, which means female basketball, professional basketball player, that was caught in Russia with marijuana, with pot. And if you've listened to my podcast, you know my stand on this issue. Um, what you do with your body, what you do with your life is your business. That's my opinion. As long as you're not harming other people, especially as long as you're not harming children or animals, as long as whatever you're doing is voluntary and adult, what you do in the privacy of your home is your business, to include using marijuana if you want to. When you end up harming other people, that's when it becomes other people's business. It's really sad that people don't get this. They don't quite understand this. That somehow, maybe, there are things that are best left private. You know, there, there are some. Okay, that's just my opinion. In the case of Brittany Griner, the professional um, female basketball player, she was caught with weed. And now she's been sentenced to like 9 or 12 years. And is this funny? Is this not funny? I don't even know if this is real. I don't. I mean, if you ask me, the Ukraine situation is looking more and more like the continuing PSYOP every day. 
Are there massive battles happening in the Ukraine? I just don't know. I don't have any way to verify it. I don't have any good sources of information. And I'm sorry, but like that Gonzalo Lira guy on YouTube looks made up. I'm sorry. I'd never heard of that guy before this thing. And, and now he just pops up as the expert on the great wars of the Ukraine and is, you know, doing these photo shots from some apartment, really vanilla apartment, drinking coffee or whatever. That's great. But I have no idea if it's real. I don't. And neither do you if you're just an ordinary person like me. If you come back and say, well, my Twitter friend, Grungo, my friend on Facebook, Mrs. Plavius, she told me it's real. Well, have you met Grungo? Have you met Mrs. Plavius? And if the answer is no, then you don't even know if they're real, do you? I mean, one of the interesting things about the Elon Musk um, Twitter limited hangout is that some little bits of truth have popped out. And one of the truths is popping out of the Elon Musk, Willy won't he take over Twitter is that Twitter is filled with a lot of make-believe characters, completely made up, manufactured agent type characters. You don't know if they're people or computers, but what you do know is they're fake. Okay? So if you tell me that you got all your good information from some Twitter account. Well, that's like this these people back in 2020 showing me pictures off of Twitter about the COVID. And I worked in a hospital. So I, I've seen the horror story pictures of what's called hospital-acquired infection, preventable hospital-acquired infection, which means because of the COVID, a lot of hospital systems probably have avoided some lawsuits in the last couple of years. But anywho, I've seen those pictures, so I knew what they were. But people were passing them around like, oh, this is the COVID. Look at how horrible. Look at those lungs. It's the COVID. No, that was a person put into a dirty room post-op. That's what happened to that person. They were post-op, post-operation, post-surgery, put into a room where some kid had MRSA or some kid had a fungal infection. That is what you're showing me. Anywho, I don't know if the Brittany Griner story is real. I don't. I don't. And as far as, you know, making fun of it or not making fun of it, here's what I think. I think you could make a movie, a kind of a, a Pam Greer style film. You know, the likes of The Big Bird Cage or Women in Cages. I mean, you know, Women in Cages is a classic film, poignant But the name of this particular, and maybe it's almost like a remake of Women in Cages, we'll call it Gulag for Women. And Pam Greer will sign away her digital rights. She'll, she'll sign them away for like a kilo of decent pharma cocaine. Assuming she's still alive, right? I don't know if she's still alive. But know that they'll digitize and, and build a virtual Pam Greer, a la 1972 or 73. And if they want to enhance her boobies, we can't say that other word. But if they want to enhance her jugs, you can't say the other word. If you want to enhance her breastuses, and the FCC is 100% okay with that, then you can with this digitized technology. So you have this virtual Pam Greer. And she, and she plays, uh, yeah, Brittany Griner in the film Gulag for Women, a Russian story, a story of a Russian women's prison with a brutal, blonde, busty prison warden 
She's brutal. She's got fetishes. She likes to do spankings. She has a whip. She falls in love with Brittany. They say they want a baby. They want to go back to America and raise weed crops in Oregon. And at one point in this film, Brittany and the Russian, the blonde, beautiful Russian prison warden, they escape. They escape into the jungles of Russia. Of course, you know, I don't know if there are swamps. There probably are some swamps in Russia. So better make sure that this gulag for women's in the middle of a swamp and better make sure it's like July, the summertime. And these women are running through the swamp from, you know, large, angry-looking Russian prison guards that are chasing them down. And you can see where this movie goes, and you want to go straight to the box office. It wins all the prizes. We're talking an Oscar for Virtual Pam Greer. And the funny thing is, you could probably, if you had the money, make, produce, put this movie out, probably get it to Amazon so people can watch it early. They don't have to go to theater because of the monkey herpes. Um, Yeah, you could probably make the movie. And before, basically, well well before the movie is released, you could imagine Griner never goes to prison. Like, this whole story goes away. Brittany gets on a plane, comes back to the United States, and this whole story is over before the movie is released. And it could happen. And if that did happen, and the movie was released, I'm going to let you on a little secret. About five years from now, people will believe the movie. They'll believe that Brittany Griner went to a gulag for women. (sighs) That's kind of where we're at with a lot of this stuff, brothers and sisters. A lot of people I used to trust and respect ended up taking in the COVID monkey herpes fear machine hook, line, and sinker back in 2020. They did. And it's kind of crappy and it's kind of scary. And the reality is, yeah, five years from now, if you made this movie, people would believe the movie. They, they wouldn't believe the truth. You try to tell them, oh my gosh, Brittany Griner, she went to a gulag for women. No, no, no. She was released before she went to that prison. But I saw this movie called, you did see Gulag for Women, and it was well done. Very sexy, but it never happened. None of it ever happened. It's a remake of, you know, Women in Cages. And I mean, these days, with all the political correctness, if you're going to make this movie, you probably have to make it in Bulgaria. You can't make it in Russia because of the Ukraine war. That's a boovulation. But you could make it in Bulgaria. They're terrible people, right? Bulgarians. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. Whatever stuff you hear might be stuff in your ear. I had to substitute stuff for that word hit. That if you put the S in front of hit, you get in trouble. But whatever stuff you hear might be stuff in your ear. And and I think that works even with the word stuff or crap. Whatever crap you hear might be crap in your ear. You know, it's funny when people were talking to me 25 years ago about the internet. Because, you know, I was, tw- I was 
in my mid-20s when the World Wide Web really began to take off in the mid-90s. And people would talk to me about the future and how it would be so liberating and this and that. And I, I had to remind them that after Gutenberg, you know, quote-unquote, invented the printing press, most of the stuff that was going to be printed, most of the stuff that would be produced from that point on in printed form, whether you like it or not, a lot of it, maybe not all of it, but a lot of it was pornography, okay? Prior to um, the French Revolution, the royal book police in France spent a lot of their time basically tracking down writers who would churn out pornography. So when people told me, oh my gosh, Dan, it's the World Wide Web. It's going to liberate. It's as big as the printing press. And my first thought was, as kind of a more of a history philosophy geek at the time, not a technology geek, my first thought was, well, then I expect there to be a lot of pornography. And said, no, there won't be pornography because people will be better than that. No, they're going to be exactly what they've been. People will be what they've been. And when it comes to the other thing, they'd say, oh, Dan, it'll, everyone will get smarter. Everyone will get wiser. Everyone will have access to really good information. Um, I said, no. I said, you'll have access to information. And to the degree that the information today is crap will probably be reflected as a ratio in the Internet. It's like, no, it'll be mostly truth and honesty. No, buddy. It'll be the amplification of every human flaw you can imagine, and the amplification of a few meritable, you know, merit, meritable, you know, respectable traits, but the flaws are going to be amplified also. People pick up something off the internet, and depending upon how it's framed, will immediately respond. I remember February 2020, when all those dumb videos started popping up showing Chinese people falling over. And I got to say, at the time, I thought it was crap. Um, it took me a couple weeks to figure out it was 100% crap. But all those videos popping up, oh my gosh, in Wuhan, there's people falling over sideways from some type of, you know, bat virus or wet market virus. The COVID is killing people in China. It's funny, too, because the meme that took over from, from the feds a few months after that was China's doing it the right way with all these lockdowns. Well, China's still supposedly doing all these lockdowns. Me personally, I don't think the lockdowns have anything to do with the make-believe virus. That's just my opinion. I think there's a lot more going on in China than we currently are aware of also. It's hard to know for sure, really. Again, you know, you look at the internet or social media, maybe you go to the New York Times Dot com, and you say to yourself, this is a good source of information. But I'm going to tell you, you have no way of knowing. You don't. You have no way of verifying your information at this point. And probably all of the useful news you have at this point is local. It is right here and right now. The most useful news at this point in history is all about what you can see and what you can hear and what you can touch and what you can smell, what you can experience. The rest of it is a giant question mark. Okay? The crap you hear is crap that gets stuck in your ear. Oh, here's a headline from Fortune magazine. Think you have Omicron, but you keep testing negative. 
think you have the monkey herpes? An expert says... An expert says... Trust your gut. If you feel confident you have COVID, you probably have COVID. Oh, yeah. That's a headline from Fortune magazine. I didn't make that up. Headline, think you have Omicron, but keep testing negative? An expert says to trust your gut. If you feel confident you have the COVID, you probably have the COVID. I'm not even going to read the article. You can read it if you want to pollute your mind, if you want to rent out your consciousness to the state. I'm going to tell you that this is absurd, but this is a good example of the propagandists, of the PSYOP folks inadvertently telling you the truth. What they're telling you here is critical and it is the truth. The truth is the COVID is all in your gut. It's all in your mind. It's all in your fear. You take away the fear, you don't have the COVID. If you have the fear, you probably have the COVID. That's exactly what they're telling you. They're telling you the truth, that the COVID was 100% BS. We can't say the other word, but we can say BS, I think. She should have looked behind her unrecognizable kids like celebrities like that kid in you know interview for vampire or whatever Brad Pitt Tom Cruise that kid's older now he's starting to eat babies I'll tell you the truth man she should have looked behind her I have covered the western lands in muck dust, leaving on the tracings of bent and broken Nargan thieves. Youngus, the Grovelord, he stole our ancient scepter and sold that crap to some hookers near Grinkentown. I had an inconceivable fear of frog swamps, where the last of the old gilly rats were sacrificed to bail. I would spend my nights sniffing after cat flowers and wrestling dolphins near the inlet where they dumped those bodies last year. That place, you know, where all the old folks were taken. You could say I was in a hurry to find lightning-style love. It was your own moon unit it was your own moon unit that led the way to the demon caves somewhere near Heber, where the ancient Ute shaman would lurk and gather Indio grievous dust and jurgen paste. They would smear a gumbo of dead coyote and wasted lives upon their broken bodies and then hunt after the scarlet beaver of Runeville. And with turquoise treasure and love magic, they'd find their own beastly wives ingrugliating their boobula. The way you tell it, 
the way you tell it, you were a golden boy. You were a golden girl when the Bee Gees rode strong. And that old queen, Elton John, ruled Boys Town. You had green eyes and yellow teeth. And your children, <laughs> your children were whale herders, no longer in contact with ordinary Horgan folk, but eating by themselves at Old Shimley's Beef Stew Warehouse, and the rat stew had the odor of afterbirth and failure. Take your Romeo-style gigolos and your pastel swimming trunks and that snotty attitude. Go down to Strunker's Meat Palace and buy yourself some hammerhead chili. When you've finished that hammerhead chili, when you've finished that chili, understand that your world is broken and left to the smoke demons. I, I don't want to talk any more about um, the monkey pox, the monkey herpes, the monkey crabs. Is it possible that at some point, for some unbeknownst and bizarre reason, that the United States government and other governments could release a bioweapon? It's possible. But the thing is, famine will kill people probably just as easily and effectively as any type of worldwide plague. You know, you can always imagine a scenario where you get out of the plague problem. But when it comes to the no food problem, there's really no easy way out. Okay, it's, it's simple. No food, you starve. And the worst part about starving to death versus dying of thirst is it takes a while. And you could say, well, isn't that good? Isn't it good that starving to death takes a while? Yes and no. Because what you end up with eventually are different types of human beings that are within the world of starvation that go down different types of regressive and atavistic routes, like, for example, cannibalism, like, for example, going crazy, like, for example, you know, society falling apart. And after, I would say, four weeks of disrupted food supplies where there's just no food, I'd say after four weeks, most American cities will be in chaos. And that's not even when the cannibalism hits yet. That that comes a little bit later. Um, so the thing about the, the monkey herpes and the race war and even the Ukraine, as abstract things to be afraid of, they have, at least in your brain, potential solutions that the government will say, well, here are some potential solutions. But there is no real solution to the, to the no food problem. All you can do is just starve to death. And, I, and I'm sorry, that's reality. You can try to grow food, but again, implied in this statistically is that growing food is not going to save that many people. Like some people who live in rural communities are probably going to make it. But a lot of people in cities during a major worldwide famine are just not going to make it. You know, period. And the part of the not making it is the thing about slowly dying of starvation. People will go insane. Long before they die of starvation, they will go insane. And that means the zombie plague is kind of connected to the famine. 
when you think about it. Anywho, we're almost out of time. I'm going to check the check the time here. We got a little bit more time left. This has been the Planetary Status Report. This has been the Planetary Status Report, and if you want to get to the notes of this, you go to planetarystatusreport.com slash WRMI. Until further notice, this podcast broadcast will be on the air every Friday night, 5850 kilohertz, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. When we fall back in the fall, it'll be 9 p.m., but now it's 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, you know, if you want to donate, there's a donation link. But currently, um, I'm doing okay as far as the donation issues go because I have a job and I'm making some money. So you don't have to donate. But if you want to donate and help support this show, you can. It's up to you. There's a donation link on my website. And if you're just listening on shortwave in the middle of nowhere and you don't even have a means to do anything other than listen, God bless you know, stay safe. It's okay. You know, listening by itself is a is a kind of participation. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast broadcast. I hope you enjoyed this show. Beyond that, I can tell you that once a month, we're going to do a rad engineering show, a technology show about radio. That's probably coming up in a few weeks, but that will also be on a Friday. We'll do a special kind of rad show. And that, again, will be about technology. It'll be mostly about radio, and specifically, we're going to be talking about something called JS8 and JS8 Call. So hopefully we'll have more to tell you in the coming weeks on that. Um, But what, what can I tell you, man? What can I tell you, people, my brothers and sisters, out there, out there in super space? Times are crazy, crazy, insane, and wild. It makes you want to, you know, sclizzerate. It makes you want to go get, you know, get into a tridesto. It kind of makes you think about bouvulating because what else are you going to do but bouvulate now? But make sure you don't replace that, you know, S with an F. And don't put that S in front of the H. strange, weird times. I would say, be careful, be wise, be pleasant, be happy. I would say, you know, don't take for granted the people in your life, the people you love. Be strong, be courageous, but also be aware that in these times, this great discontinuity, this time that history's become unstuck, it's okay to to not have a total plan about everything. It's okay to even be making it up as you go along. In this time, it's okay to do improv. 